0: welcome to the life plus god podcast my name is Alyssa robinson and i am your host and today i have some very special guests to wrestle with the question what are the benefits of generosity and i'll introduce them in just a second but the reason that we're asking this question is a lot of times and i hope you haven't done this already when we start to talk about generosity in the church you turn it off, walk away, or you're like, you know what, I don't think I'm gonna show up for the few weeks we're talking about generosity. And it's very much geared around money and giving. But what we're gonna try to do today is talk about like the psychology and spirituality around generosity and understanding this isn't just a conversation about money. This isn't a conversation about what's coming out of your wallet. Generosity is so much bigger than that. And so I hope that you'll stick with us through this episode, enjoy this, wrestle with us, And now let me introduce our two panelists that I have for this conversation today. Uh, Dana Phillips, who is a longtime member of TREACH Memorial United Methodist Church, the church that we podcast out of, and she is our finance chair. So not only is she a member, she is in leadership. And what that means is she sees the budget. She sees kind of how the sausage is made in terms of how the church runs and what money is going where. And she has an inside look into all all of that. So a very special perspective from her. And she's very passionate about generosity. I think you have to be to be the chair of finance. So Danda, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And second, we have, uh, well, you've heard from him before, Chris Robinson, my dad, and also a licensed professional counselor. And he's going to talk to us about uh, the psychology of generosity and what it means for our mental health, mental well-being, and even looking into some ways, maybe uh, generosity can be helpful and generosity can be hurtful if we're taking it too far. So I'm really excited to hear your perspective on things, um, and and how we can kind of release generosity from this church box that we put it in. So thanks for being here, Dad. Is Good it okay if here. I call you Dad yeah, on you the podcast? you can call me Dad. That's okay. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think a really great place to start for all of us is is for us to better understand, what is generosity? How are we defining this? And what does it mean to you? Because again, we started with, this goes beyond money. This is not a conversation about money. Um, So so Dana, how would you define generosity for this conversation we're about to have? Sure, I, I really
1: see generosity as a willingness to give your talents, time, spiritual gifts, resources in in a liberal way i mean just like wow just give it out you know rather than sparse it out or purse it out and so that to me is when i think of the word generosity
2: so i look at at studies of generosity and those studies always start with some form of a definition and one that's generally accepted is uh generosity being defined as giving good things to others freely and abundantly without expectation. And I think that I go a little bit beyond that because you used the term willingness, and I also include the term desire, a desire for the welfare of others, for sharing gifts, for collaborating uh, with others. And not based, I, I think that one of the mistakes that we can make is to base generosity on an amount generosity is generosity and we'll get into more discussion about resources abilities and things of that nature but I think that um, between Dana and I we kind of have a a fairly good base and a fairly common base for what generosity is and what it's about
0: yeah when I when I think of generosity I think that Um, a lot of times we're thinking of it in the practical sense of like, okay, what are we trying to accomplish? What are our goals? And when I was trying to think about what is generosity, I kept coming back to the decentering of self and in whatever way that presents itself. And I, I know when we talk about generosity, a lot of times we talk about the intertwining of gratitude, of humility, of all of these things. And I think that uh, being generous in spirit is about a willingness to take your immediate needs out of the equation and focus on others and that might be like you said with your time your talents, your money your um, mind, <laughs> like having your mi- generous mind and thinking of others um, and so I, it, for me it feels more of like an amorphous uh, type experience of learning to become generous is more than having a specific goal we're trying to reach. And that's what makes it kind of difficult to have conversations about for me sometimes because we want to put those mile markers on generosity and say, you are generous when you do this. And um, I always kind of scratch my head at that and think, I don't know. I don't know if that's generosity because it's so personal. Um, of whether or not, what might feel extremely generous to me might just be an everyday occurrence and part of your living, Dana. Um, But for me, it's going out of my way to be generous. Like if I'm introverted and I'm spending time with a group of people and that takes all of the energy that I have, then I am being generous. But for you, that might feed you and give you energy. And so it doesn't feel like generosity to you. It just feels like uh, a joy of life, you know? (laughs) So it's just there's so many different ways to look at it.
1: Um, I agree, and the thing of it is, is I don't ever try to measure it. Just like I wouldn't measure humility, or I wouldn't measure empathy. But I think they're they're more a way of being rather than a way of having.
0: Well, can we look at the psychology of generosity a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, Dad? I'm looking at you. We talked a little about generosity again, more than money. What is the psychology of generosity, and are there different types of generosity that are actually being studied
2: yeah there are all kinds of generosities being studied and I I think that what we do is we start looking at it psychologically from an evolutionary perspective right what is the purpose of generosity what is it what does it do for us and if we go back to how we develop as a species for us to be able to coexist and survive as a species, we had to learn early on how to collaborate, how to take care of each other, right, for survival of the species. And so this is generosity is something that's actually encoded genetically within us, right? So we look at that as the base. And then we say, okay, that can be further nurtured reinforced through teaching right and so then we start to look at how do we raise our children children are born innately generous if you look at children playing with each other they are generally cooperative now this this can change as they grow in age right and they start learning different you know behaviors but out of the womb, we're generous, right? And, and that's how we learn to survive with each other. And so we have parents that can nurture that by teaching us about sharing, by teaching us about giving. Likewise, that can also be decoded if we are raised in very selfish, very self-centered environments right where we can go from generosity uh in our development to narcissism in our development and so there's very much a psychological aspect to how this works and if we are growing in a healthy way then our neural pathways are being developed towards generosity and the wiring of our brains actually goes to a reward center so that generosity feels good to us. Mm-hmm. And so there's there's really quite a bit behind this whole theory of generosity and it goes to much more than one type.
0: Well, Dana, I know that you you are a very generous person in in all the ways, in spirit, in time, in attention, you know, in all of these ways. Where, how did that passion for generosity cultivate in you? How did you get to this joyous giver that you are today?
1: Well, after listening to Chris, I think the neural pathways just kept getting me rewards for doing that. No, yeah. <laughs> no I, seriously, I, I don't see myself as all that generous. But, but I know in my, okay, so this is just for me. I can just speak about me. I know that everything I have, everything that I am, all the gifts, all the talents, all the sp- everything comes from God. And when I realize how full my cup is of all the things that God's given me, not just in resources, but in abilities and and spiritual gifts, and and now time, you know, I have so much more time now that I'm retired than I did. Um, when i see that cup so full like it just like it overflows and and so there was not a moment when i said oh i'm going to be generous but i do think going back to what chris said i do think that was something that was developed in in our family that you did for others in the neighborhood and if somebody got sick you did take them a meal and it, even if you didn't even if you were cutting your meal in half you took that to them and i think that that was something that was instilled early on um but not to the church cuz my folks didn't go to church and they for sure didn't want to give any money to church you know so that came at at a different point in was my life was that hard
0: for you to start being generous with your money to the church?
1: At first, I didn't understand it at all. I was like, and then I started realizing what the money was going for. Because I thought if I just gave money to the poor, that was enough. And I do believe that that's a good thing to do. Or if I just helped out people around me. But then what, when I grew in my faith, I think I began to grow and see the bigger picture of what the little bit of money I can do can add. So it's not just the money, but... There are people who give financially and they don't pick up a finger to pick up trash at the church or, or do anything like that. So I really want to really go back to that whole area. It's not just about finances. It's about being generous with your talents and your time and yourself. And and again, it's about more being who you are instead of what you have.
0: I think that personally, one of the biggest problems I have around generosity, and I am—I'm one of those people who I—I I give to the church. Um, I don't volunteer as much as I should. It always feels like, and and we can talk about some obstacles to generosity. Um, sometimes I get overwhelmed because I feel like no matter what I do, it's never enough. I could be at the church seven days a week and um, give. Until it hurts, as they would say in churches that are prosperity gospel centered, which we'll talk about later in the episode, um, and do everything that you're, in quotes, supposed to do to be generous, and it'll just always feel like I'm falling short, and it's not a good feeling. It, it, It feels like pressure. And I know that in scripture it says God loves a cheerful giver. And oftentimes I don't feel like a cheerful giver. I feel like I'm doing it because I'm supposed to, or because I'm obligated to, or if I don't do it, I'll feel guilty or whatever. Or there's fear around, you know, as someone who works for a church, I don't make a lot of money. And so giving to the church every month. That alone, I'm like, I could really use that money, you know? And so for me, there's all of these uh, emotional obstacles that I need to overcome. And sometimes it feels like it's hurting my faith more than it's helping it, trying to live into this generous life. And I don't know how to get past that. I've been told, now this is y'all gonna, y'all are gonna counsel me personally for a second. Sorry, listeners. I've been told so many times, you know, um, just keep giving and over time your heart will transform and, and God will change you and all these things. Well, I've been at a full tithe with my church for three years now and it still hurts every single time. And I don't know how to get over that hill. Mm-hmm. I want to be a joyful giver. I want to be joyful in giving my time. But I think I have this mindset of scarcity that I can't overcome.
2: Right. So there, there's, there's a tie between what each of you have talked about and it goes to belief systems. Right. And in the belief system that you're expressing would be based on expectation and obligation. Right. And, and it's my belief that I'm supposed to do this, even to the point that it hurts. And it really does hurt because I'm struggling to get by month to month. Um, and so I, I think that we've got to be very careful about the messaging of giving from the church. Right? Because that can be very insensitive to individual situations and circumstances. Right? So we've got to recognize that going in. Now, the the other belief system that, that you were talking about is that you grew up with the understanding of the importance of generosity. And, and you joked about the neural pathways, and yeah, I guess I did feel a reward in it, which is great. And what happened over time is that you didn't grow up in church, but there was a point in time at which your spiritual nature was evolving and coming out, right? And so then what starts to happen is through your spirituality, you find meaning and purpose and fulfillment. And I think when we talk about generosity, that is the foundation for being generous, is what are we passionate about? What gives us meaning, purpose, and fulfillment, right? And so that is one area of generosity and way to achieve it. And the other, Alyssa, is what you were talking about is just that social, cultural, aspect of it that this is what the expectation is this is what the obligation is and so it's what i believe about myself is that i'm supposed to be doing this even if it doesn't feel good even if i'm struggling even if it's stressing me out and then we start to get into areas of generosity that can become um for us uh mentally
1: yeah i would i would say um to you Alyssa that what I heard you talking about was a lot of comparison expectation and other people and when you get more money you give more money and all of that and I the thing that really helped me understand that and some of my kids too is there's only one yardstick in your backyard and it's got your name on it and and God is looking at that yardstick he doesn't compare it to um, Chris or Dana or anybody else he just is you know you have to know. So like when you feel like I'm not doing enough and it doesn't make a difference, at every stage of my life, I can look back and I could have said that I'm not doing enough, I could be doing, but you know what, I'm doing what I can do. And, and I think generosity is, is saying, okay, I'm doing what I could do and I, I, that's what I can do, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't think it has to come from, from a place of fear or obedience you know i know we talk a lot about obedience but i don't think that generosity comes from that and it's so interesting to me i'm going to get on my little rant now so many people who work in church don't volunteer outside of the church they well i might i get you know well to me that's like backwards I, no offense but it's just backwards because people who work jobs still volunteer. And if this is your job and you're doing good, it's okay to still volunteer if you're passionate about something. You know, now maybe you're not passionate about, or not you, Alyssa, but other people aren't passionate about doing more church work because they do church work all week. But certainly I would think that, you know, you would want to find areas in your life where where you do feel really good and you find that purpose that Chris was talking about. and And I think that's... You know, that's helpful for me anyway. And and Chris, you're absolutely right. You know, I learned certain things. And then when when I became a Christian as an adult, um, I, I saw, oh, all of this has been lining up. All of this stuff is in the Bible. I mean, I was just like blown away, you know. And it doesn't say reap so you can sow or, you know, so, so you can reap. It doesn't say that. It says it'll happen, but it doesn't say don't do it for that reason, you know. And, and so I think... I don't know. I think finding that p- place that you're passionate about and going there with your time, your talents, your efforts.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, going back to the values, finding your passion as a part of those values. And maybe I just haven't found my passion yet. <laughs> I don't know. Like, but it, it's, yeah, it is. It's exhaust. It's like, Working at a church, it's true, we're not great about volunteering outside of our working hours, uh, but also working at a church is emotionally taxing work. And so it's really hard, like, when you only have two days a week to not be in that environment, that is your time to replenish and decompress and find some time for emotional rest. And so I totally understand, you know, I'm not putting Gracie on blast because she's mentioned this in a podcast before, so it's already out there, Gracie. Uh, But she talked about one of the things she realized in her life group is they were talking about, you know, places that they're serving, and she's the pastor of Serving Ministries, and she said, I'm not serving anywhere outside of the church but her entire role is enabling other people to serve and and it it is it's really difficult
2: and it's interesting because what starts to happen even within the conversation is that we start to compartmentalize generosity into either volunteering or giving Mm -hmm. right and generosity goes beyond both of those And so we don't have to, if we get stuck in that mode that I need to be doing this or giving this, Mm -hmm. then we can start to really punish ourselves. Absolutely. And it goes beyond that because generosity can simply be in our interactions, in our relationships with people. So it goes far beyond the things that we are typically thinking about, I'm going to say, in church world. Mm -hmm.
1: So let me just give you a really great example of what Chris is talking about. Just the fact that you are willing to have honest conversations about what you're really thinking instead of saying, oh, I can't say that, I work for a church, or I can't say, I can't. That is a generosity, in my mind, is, is very generous in terms of thought. I think of the people who have poured into me over my lifetime. And it hasn't been in money and resources. I guess time would be one thing, but they didn't volunteer to nurture me, <laughs> you know, and, and so, but, but I recognize their generosity, their generosity and spirit, you know, and so I, I think Chris is right. I mean, don't punish yourself by saying, well, I have to fit in this box, or I'm not being generous.
0: Mm. Well, I, I was reading an, a really interesting article that was talking about uh, that there are seven types of generosity. Pro- I mean, there are probably more than seven types, but you know, we love to create these little listicles. And so I was talking about there are seven types of generosity, and in our culture today, the rarest form of generosity is attention and just giving someone your full attention and not checking your phone and not having another screen happening and not getting distracted by something else or getting bored with the conversation or whatever it is, that is a generous spirit. And so maybe something helpful that we could do for our listeners so that we're not in this dualistic mindset of it's either serve or give, what are some other forms of generosity that you've experienced or seen that we can start to broaden our minds around this?
2: So when I look at this from the psychological perspective, there is a psychologist by the name of Carl Rogers, who uh, was the founder of the humanistic approach, the person-centered approach to doing therapy. And the keystone to that approach was called unconditional positive regard for whoever it is that you're talking to in the Counseling world, it would be for our client that no matter where they are coming from, no matter what they are saying, we show unconditional positive regard for them. And what if we could simply do that in our daily walks? That's where I go back to the interactions and the relationships that we have with people, even in the grocery line. Just smiling at somebody, just having a kind word for somebody is generosity and we don't think about that really because quite frankly we're too busy right we've got our own things to do we become a little bit self centered in our daily activity where we need to be our schedules but if we can just develop the habit of saying to ourselves what might make this person feel better then we're moving in the right direction because I think that our mistake is that we consider that generosity has to be visible and it doesn't what what would
0: invisible generosity look like
2: well just what i gave an example of yeah if i see you coming down the hall and i smile at you and i stop to talk with you and i listen to you attentively and i truly show attention and care, and acceptance of who you are, especially if you're different from me, Mm -hmm. right? So that if we start thinking about generosity in the way we treat people of different political positions or treating people of different racial positions or sexual orientation or gender, what if we could show unconditional, positive regard to those people whose paths we cross would that be generous
0: it kind of goes back to the non-transactional generosity and i think that it's we're victims of our own culture and where our mind goes is immediately to transaction i am giving something and i am receiving something um and man like I don't even know how to shake, get started shaking myself out of that mentality because it's what we're surrounded by everywhere we go. Yeah, I,
1: I think you know I hear people in car lines being just ranting and raving, and I think generosity would show up when you say, "Come on, you can come in front of the lane ahead of me. I'm not in that big a hurry." Or real generosity to me is when the guy's cutting me off, and I go, "Oh, you must be in more of a hurry than me. I'm not." It's invisible. He doesn't hear me say that, or she doesn't hear me say that, but. It's still it's a, it's who I am. That's what I'm working on. Who I am. Or not of,
0: assuming the worst of that person yeah. and just saying, "Oh man, they might Uncondition- have an emergency." Or mm-hmm. you know, unconditional it is.
1: positive regard. That's right. Rogers also talked a lot about listening. You know, he really talked yes. about empathic listening of of not just listening to what you're going to say next. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, is an act of generosity, not just what I'm going to say when I'm listening to you. Okay, it's my turn to talk. What am I supposed to say? But really trying to listen not just to the words but to the emotion underneath those, those words. And I think that's generosity. Yeah,
2: because that's how he defined that was acceptance and caring. Mm-hmm. And to be accepting and caring of somebody, you have to be giving them attention. You have to be listening to what they're saying. You have to have relationship. And I think generosity is displayed through relationship, through healthy relationship.
0: Well, so the title of this episode is, What are the Benefits of Generosity? And and we chose this question because that is the number one search term around giving and generosity. And it kind of, <laughs> we're, we're self-centering ourselves on generosity here of like, okay, what's in it for me? But I think that it is a good exercise. So like all of these things that we're talking about of how can I be more generous? How can I recognize generosity outside of the constructs that I've created for it? What are some of those psychological or interpersonal benefits of becoming generous?
2: Well, there is a tie between being generous and being happy and content. Uh, the, The idea that we can focus externally, and this is something that I work with a lot of clients on, when they're dealing with depression or anxiety, one of the things that we talk about is... An external focus, right? Distract yourself from yourself. Because what you find is that when you get involved in something outside of yourself, number one, you're having interaction and relationship. You're recognizing the benefits through this generosity, hitting the reward center of the brain. And so there's a natural desire to increase that and to feel good about doing for others. And when you're feeling good about doing for others, then the internal focus tends to be in reduction at the same time that you're increasing that external focus, right? And so we're, we're creating kind of a flywheel here when we do this of saying, oh, you know, it is good to do good for others. It is good. It makes me feel good to make somebody else feel good, there's something called the law of attraction, right, that when you are speaking with somebody. And we heard this in uh, Joe Schaefer's memorial service the other day. His son-in-law said when Joe Schaefer was speaking to you, you felt like you were the only person in the room. Right? That law of attraction that if you've got the ability or you develop the ability to make other people feel good about themselves, to encourage them, to support them, to listen to them. Those people want to be around you more, right? You receive something by being generous toward them, but then they also want to be around you more, right? And they start to experience that generosity for building you up. And so now we start to have this yin and yang in relationship of, wow, we really feel good together. We really fit good together because we're generous toward each other. We're supportive and encouraging toward each other, right? And so I think that when we look at our human behaviors and we can get outside of just the box, am I volunteering or am I giving, then we really start to get much closer to the roots of what Jesus was teaching in the first place.
1: I was just thinking about, you know, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and whole and spirit and love your neighbor as yourself. And that love is is a verb. It's not a feeling. It, you know, it's, and I think that 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 is, that's the essence of what Jesus was trying to do. I think churches, we've all messed it up a lot of times and Western churches even more maybe. But, but, you know, the essence of that generosity is, you know, we've,
0: we've been given a lot. It's easy to to open our hands and give. Mm -hmm. Do you, I'm wondering if you have a personal story of times that you've benefited from generosity of others and how it kind of created that law of attraction, as you mentioned of like wanting to go out and do that for someone else.
1: Yeah. Um, I have several stories, but one that really comes to mind is, um, when Neil was in graduate school and we had a baby and, uh, Our little girl was like eight months old. And we had come from Texas and moved to Kansas, and all of a sudden it was winter. And we didn't have any winter clothes, really. I mean, we'd been in Houston. And this three or four families got together, and um, I was not going to church there. I wasn't even going to church. But um, I'd done a Tupperware party with them, and they saw me with my little girl without a coat, and they figured out, you know what, and they came to married student housing and they had grocery sacks full of clothes and food, and these people were not wealthy people at all, but. I was so, and Neil was too, we were so struck by their generosity that they would see a need and want to fill that need in whatever. Now, they could have sat home and said, oh, you know, this may not be the right size or, you know, it's, it's used, it's, it's a hand-me-down, I don't have money to buy a new coat for this kid. But to me, that was just an, a really profound act of um, generosity. And
2: it's interesting how generosity works because even as you tell that story Of generosity, I'm moved. I feel good about what somebody did for you. Exactly. Right? And so generosity expands, right? That, wow, I want to be like that family. Exactly. I want to be empathetic. I want to pay attention. I want to see what's going on around me. I want to know the needs of people, right? And that all has to do with simply stepping outside of ourselves because the story that you told about them, their generosity just expanded Mm. to me.
0: I think that that story also makes me think of Mr. Rogers, (laughs) Mr. Rogers neighborhood, not the uh, psychologist, but also a psychologist (laughs) in many ways (laughs) uh, where he would always say, look for the helpers. Um, And I think that whenever we see a huge natural disaster or we see war or we see all of these terrible things happening in the world, we can become so jaded by it. And I know like I get into a depressive news cycle where I'm just like everything's wrong with the world. Nobody cares. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's making nothing. We're just maintaining status quo. And I get very worked up about it. But there is hope for humanity and generosity when you see the people who are showing up, who do go to um, these devastated areas with the flooding that's happening in San Diego and showing up to help and in any way that they can. And it's just like man, like we're good. And it kind of goes back to the roots of like who we are as children, like at our core, we are good and we are generous. And if we could just live like that every single day, if just people who call themselves Christ followers could live like that every single day, how would the world be different? Um, And it's just mind boggling to think about, but then I get sad all over again that we're not doing that. And so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> help me, help me get outside of this like depressive state of well, and, uh, and I not think, enough.
2: Yeah, so I, I think you've hit on something that's really important, that social media has its upside and its downside, right? And one of the things that you see is headline after headline after headline of wars and natural disasters, and you become overwhelmed of, I, I need to be doing something, I wish I could be doing something, I wish I could change but we don't have the capacity or the resources to do something. And I think that what's really important for us to understand about generosity is that we have our limits, right? That there are some things that we can do something about, and there are other things over which we can do nothing about, literally. I mean, we might be able to write a check and send it somewhere to to a relief fund. And that's fine. But even that, once we've done it, doesn't feel like enough because we see the same headline the next night.
0: Well, and there's right? no personal relationship that forms right. in there's, that scenario. Yeah, and that can be something that's really hard about giving is like, yeah, sometimes that's the easiest thing to do is just write a check. But it doesn't have that same feel-good benefit. There's as no entering, relationship. Yeah. There's no sense
2: of connection. Yeah. In writing a check. Not that writing a check is a bad thing. It's not at all. It's another form of generosity, which is terrific. But it's a different form of generosity. And it may not hit the reward center the same way that personal interactions and connections would. Mm.
0: Well, I think that we've kind of been dancing around it a little bit more, but I'd like to hit head on. Is there a negative side to generosity? Um, Because it's something that we're constantly talking about. I mean, we tout it as a spiritual practice. It's a way to grow closer to God is to become more generous. But then on the other hand, I think about... I mentioned, uh, some churches that have the, uh, prosperity gospel mentality of like, it's transactional. The more you give, the more that God will bless you. And it, and they literally have the mentality give until it hurts, give every cent that you have, and then God will bless you. And if you're not being blessed, then you're not giving enough. And it creates, um, Garbage. It Yeah. <laughs> <That's> it, garbage. <laughs> it creates a barrier between people and God, but that stuff sits with us. Whether you were raised in that mm-hmm. mentality or not, it infiltrates every aspect of Christianity because we hear it from so many different places. And no wonder there's all of this baggage around generosity. So what are some of the negative yeah. sides of things? And how can we... Wrestle with that.
2: So we hear those expectations. We hear those false promises, right? And and uh, I I think that that's when we start to say, okay, then I need to do that. I need to give because it's not unless I give that I'm going to receive more. And then it does become transactional. And what if I don't receive more? What if I lose my job, right? I was giving everything that I could, with the expectation that all of this was just going to keep on flowing, that I was going to get raises and increases, and the bottom drops out.
0: God is testing you. Okay. God is testing your faith. <laughs> okay. I'm. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. This is. This is what I hear. Right. You know? Right.
2: Okay. Well garbage so <laughs> and i'm
1: really i need just, i'm really glad i don't hear that at my church i'm just going to say that yeah you know because i i don't want to everybody listening to this podcast think that that's what every church says oh, no, no, no. because right. it's not but if you distill it down and i always try to go back to all you know way down to making it real simple because i'm not a real complex person and what would you know what does jesus say about this and he does not say give until it hurts he does not say um you're going to so, and therefore you're going to reap, he just says, it'll happen. You know, you'll get back what you need. I've, I've always had everything I needed in life. Not everything I've wanted, but I've had everything I've needed for sure. And, and so I think that when, when I, I'm faced with that, it's like the world's colliding um, of this social, political, with, with really what Jesus says. I just want to stop and go, wait a second. <laughs> the Jesus that I'm following says... Do good to others, love others. Doesn't say give until you it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, forgive others and, and really and truly hold others in positive regard. You know, he he really does say that. And so, uh, the downside I think is when we muck it up, trying to put all of our expectations and ideas and Western culture and you know whatever. I think that's when we mess it up. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, because I think that what winds up happening is guilt and shame kick in, right? And if we start looking at negative effects of generosity, if we're feeling any guilt and shame in our need to be generous, there's something that we need to look at there, right? Because that's not a feeling that we should have with being generous. And it could mean that we are going beyond our limits, right? We are going beyond our means, Uh, The other negative that can occur in generosity is that if we are not, we might say, hey, we're giving all all of our time to CCA, right? Over there volunteering and donating money and helping people with their needs, and that's terrific because we're helping one group of people, right? What about our loved ones? when we're over here and depending on how much time we are over here with cca are we neglecting the needs of somebody or if i decide hey you know what i'm going to write a check to an organization for ten thousand dollars but my loved ones don't have the things that they need resentment grows right Mm -hmm. so i may be selfishly generous Chasing right. the good feelings, yeah, yeah, chasing the good feelings for me to the neglect of other needs and other responsibilities that I might have towards loved ones, towards friends. Um, so we don't want to be so overly generous that we become neglectful in other areas. And that's where I referenced earlier to: there has to be balance in everything that we do. Right. And we need to recognize what that balance is for ourselves. Right. So the, the thought that I would have in the example that you give is to recognize what your own balance needs to be without any feel of guilt or shame about what you give to, how much you give to it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because what we don't want to do is become overextended in generosity and become stressful and maybe even resentful.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that where I put a little too much pressure on myself is I am a very generous person with my partner, with my family, uh, with my friends, like literally anything that's asked of me, I will do like, I will give, I will show up. I will give my attention. I will give my time. I will do all of those things, but I write it off as like, well, yeah, you, that's what you do for family. And I don't think of it as generosity and being a generous person. And so in my head, I'm like, well, that doesn't count. I've got to do things outside of my bubble uh, to be a generous person. And then if, but then if I tell myself, oh, no, you don't have to do that. Look for the ways you're being generous within your bubble. Well, then I'm like, oh, but I'll become complacent. I won't. And so it's just this constant inner battle within myself of am I being generous enough or am I settling into comfort? Um, And is being generous stepping outside of that comfort zone to help others that you wouldn't normally come in contact with? Because it's, I think it's easy to be generous to the people that you're in intimate relationships with.
2: and only you know whether you have the bandwidth yeah for being or the resources for being more generous than you are right now, right And that's for you and nobody else to determine. There should never be any guilt or shame about how much time we're spending on something, how much money we're giving to something. Um, there's no place for that. Mm-hmm in individual generosity nothing no individual should be judged yeah. on their generosity
0: if I'm just looking I'm broadening my scope of generosity how do I get started with that is it is it taking five minutes every day to sit in gratitude for what I have is it um, looking for the ways that I'm already being generous so that I can take some time to feel good about myself? Like, how do I start to, if there are people listening, which I hope I'm not alone, uh, struggling with these things. I hope there are other people listening, struggling with these things too. And it's not just Alyssa Hour. But how do I start reframing my thinking around generosity and seeing those benefits beyond, am I reaching a specific goal?
2: Well, you just did. You, you just gave examples of how can I examine myself and how can I examine my own generosity and where is it occurring other than simply gifts of service and finances to the church mm-hmm. and leaning into it and being okay with it. And again, recognizing what are your, what are your limits? You know, what is, what is the bandwidth that you have here? Because the, the, I think that the problem that we get into is that we carry this guilt and we get stressed about what we're giving or what we're not giving. Maybe we're not, we feel like we're not giving enough, or maybe we feel like we're giving too much and we never take time to just stop and think about what giving means to us, what generosity means to us. And let's not listen to all of the external messaging that we've heard all of our lives about what generosity is, but allow ourselves to arrive at the answer to what brings us meaning, purpose, fulfillment, joy. Is, that, and, not, and, is and, that
0: not self-centered?
2: Well, you know, there's nothing wrong with self-care. Yeah. One, one of the, because when I talk about balance, we, we've talked about generosity throughout this discussion about giving others. You know, there's nothing wrong with talking about generosity to ourselves.
1: That's right. That's those margins. It's
2: important it's important that we pay attention to ourselves and that we be generous to ourselves and that we exercise self care because it kind of goes to the oxygen mass dropping down in the plane, right? You've got to take care of yourself to be able to take care of others, mm. right? You've got to have good relationship with yourself. You've got to have spiritual satisfaction, right, and feel that you are in right relationship with whatever higher power it is that you honor, whatever spiritual beliefs it is that you carry, you have to be in touch with those and be happy with those to be in right relationship with other people and to be able to see the needs of other people. If your own needs are being denied, you have no chance of being any help to somebody else.
0: Yeah. Well, Dana, it makes me think of what, you know, going back to the greatest commandments is love God with your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as you love yourself. You have to love yourself. That's right. Like you have to, to be able to love your neighbor, you have to love yourself. You have to accept yourself. You have to. And I honestly, I've never heard in a church setting us talk about being generous with yourself it just it feels very counterintuitive to the christian message which is basically give everything you have to others and put yourself last i don't know Dan. how what do, how you, do think?
2: you how do you do that if you're not healthy
0: right yeah. i think
1: i think it kind of presupposes that healthy people are the ones that are doing that that those of us who are you know working on our own self are going to do those things um you know, it's interesting. All I keep thinking is what the question I would ask is what would make you a cheerful giver? That would, and that's, that's not a question for you to answer here, but that would be a question for you to really, what would make
0: me a cheerful giver? Mm. Um,
2: And what would I be giving to?
0: Yeah. That is a really good question. I think that that's a really good starting point. Um, If you're looking at well, not just money. If no, you're everything. At time, if you're everything. At everything. What would make me cheerful?
1: Um, if you would get joy, and it would be cheerful for you to stop worrying about people who cut in and let everybody in when there's when the narrows the lanes are narrowing, and if that would make you cheerful to let that guy in, then to me that's part of what what we're talking about about generosity, are being present, yeah. and and does it make you cheerful to be present with the, that niece and nephew? when you're giving yourself and giving, pouring into them, does that make you cheerful? I think that's the question you want to ask yourself. What would make me a cheerful giver? Because, you know, God loves a cheerful giver.
0: Well, and that makes me think of like one of the the things so for Christmas this year, I got um, a little book on making paper flowers. So I've really enjoyed getting started making paper flowers. I've been sending pictures to my family. And so now whenever I'm meeting up with friends, I'm bringing them a little paper flower. And I love it. Like It brings me so much joy to see their reaction in receiving this little paper flower that all it'll do is like uplift their spirits and maybe they'll keep it. Maybe they'll throw it away. I don't know what they'll do with it, but it's, it's that little, that brings me joy. It it's, created a moment. Yes. And it made me, It they knew that I was thinking of them and I knew that I gave them something that made them happy.
1: And, and you weren't expecting them to be happy. It was just done Out of generosity, Mm -hmm. you see that I think that's the key piece. You know, you don't have to do it to make someone respond in a way. You know, I don't serve, so people go pat me on the head and say, "Oh, (laughs) we're so glad you serve in all these places." That's not, you know, it. You do it because it makes you cheerful.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing that I was thinking about, and just like little ways to get started with generosity. I'm one of those people, I'm always so hard on myself all the time.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah,
0: like constantly. It, I Like I said, it's never enough. I can always see how I can do better. It can be a really good thing, but it can also be a really bad thing for my mental health. And I think if you're like me, just sitting down with someone who loves you and ask how am I generous? Like, could you tell me the ways that you see my generosity just to give yourself a little boost and remind yourself like the little things do matter? Uh, Because I think that sometimes I get so caught up is, is it big enough? Is it making an impact? Is it like, what's the ripple effect of this? Because we hear all of these incredible stories of generosity from people who maybe are millionaires and they can, you know, cure, you know, cancer or whatever it is that they're doing. And I'm like, nothing, nothing I ever do will make this huge impact.
2: You know, know? I, I think that's terrific what you just said, because I think that what it does is it gives our listeners here something that they can go do. They can, from this conversation, start to think about how other people have been generous to them, or how they have observed the generosity of other people, and go tell those people, you know what, I just want to let you know, I think you're a very generous person. Here's what I see you doing in your own life, and here's what I see you doing for the lives of others, and I just want to let you know that I appreciate you, and I appreciate your generosity, What a great way to start lifting each other up Mm -hmm. and being generous and using this unconditional positive regard toward each other.
0: So do you think, I mean, it feels like the answer is yes, but it could also be a maybe. Do you feel like generosity should be a goal on our mental health journey or our spiritual journey? long pause (laughs) i don't
1: know i don't like the the word goal um what what what
0: would you change it to
1: i think it's something that i want well i guess you could call that a goal but i think it's something that for me personally i want to to strive to be more generous yeah in my thoughts in my words in my deeds yeah. In, in well, all. because
0: the reason I ask is because we call it a spiritual practice within United Methodist Church. And so what I'm wondering, Actually, is, I
1: don't think it is. I think it's giving is generosity is, is generosity. Well, a,
0: That's what we say. That might be a treachism. Yes. That's a treachism because it's
1: giving is the spiritual practice.
0: So, and that's what I wonder is like, if we're saying this is a spiritual practice, you said for you, you want to be a more generous person, which I understand and respect, but are we saying as a blanket statement for everybody, this is something you should be striving for, for your spiritual health and mental health?
2: You know, I, I also, I think there's a pause in response to that because both of us were experiencing the same thing, generosity as a goal, all right? Okay, what that tells me then is that there's an expectation, that there's an obligation, that there are certain things that I have to do, that there's a formula for it. There's, that there's an end. That there's yeah. <laughs> going to be something measurable from it, Yeah. right? And generosity isn't necessarily measurable. Right. And so I think that to say, yeah, I want to have a goal of being more generous. I think that's way too broad and really hard to get your arms around. But I think that if we start to think first about the things that we're passionate about, and I know I keep on mentioning, you know, meaning, purpose, fulfillment, joy, what are the things that, that give those to us. And, and, it's, and it's not just in the selfish sense, it is in there is something out there that I feel really committed to, right? And I used the example of CCA earlier. It could be treach, you know, as a, as a church home. It, it could be uh, save the whales, whatever it might be, that if there is something that you are deeply passionate about Decide how it is that you would like to lean into that passion. And that might be that I want to start out by researching an organization. I want to see what they do. I want to learn more about it. And I want to see where I might fit into that. And then take a step into that. And that's where we start to say, okay, if you want to call that a goal, that's fine. My goal would be to be more involved with Save the Whale. And so my first step is going to be, I'm going to do some research, right? Okay, great. But if we have this goal of being more generous, it's going to be kind of like the New Year's resolution of exercising more. We're going to fail, and we're going to feel self-defeated. Mm-hmm. And we're going to feel shame, guilt, and we'll try it again next year, right? But if we really say, let's get specific about what it is that moves us to generosity. And let's just focus on those things. And let's not try to throw a broad net out there where I say, okay, I'm going to get involved in these five organizations. Those five specific organizations No, let's start at one point. And and, and you determine based on your own passions what that starting point is.
1: And for me, honestly, it's just a little, even smaller steps in that. It's just looking around my neighborhood and seeing what's the need. Where can I help? How can I bring joy? Um, Is there a
2: neighbor that needs help? Is there a neighbor who's sick, who's going through something?
1: Or is she lonely? And, you know, and, and. We love on our neighborhood and, you know, and I'm not saying this to brag at all, but we just want to love on them, mm-hmm. not to get anything back, not to have them say, oh, wow, they're the best neighbors, but just we want to love on our neighbors. And so we, we bake Valentine's cookies for everybody in our neighborhood and we deliver them. And, you know, that's what we do. We do Christmas time. We bake because we like to bake and we like to give. And, and so it's sometimes it's, it, I, I'm not going to change the world ever probably but I can change me Mm -hmm. and I can change my little world that I interact with and so I don't you know I'm probably never going to go take care of people in a flood if people do that that's awesome I'm probably not going to you know change the world in in a sweep like a podcast might I, I probably won't reach that many people but but in my little world I just to me that's who I want
2: to be. Well, there's a Martin Luther King quote that says, if I can't do great things, I'll do small things in a great way. That's generosity.
0: Well, I think that we've given people a lot to think about. And Dana, I just keep going back to your question of what would make me a joyful giver? Like that, maybe that's the one place to start and think about is like, what would make me feel joy in generosity. And it might be finding a nonprofit that you want to learn more about. It might be paper flowers. It might be baking cookies. It might be getting a cup of coffee with somebody, but what would bring you joy in your generosity of time of spirit of attention of all of these different things. And think about broadening that definition of generosity, because I think what I'm learning is the more we broaden this term the more benefit we see in what it is to be generous and what it can do for our relationships and for our souls. Um, and the more that we narrow it, the more stifled we can become within our generosity and the more harm it can do. And so I, I think that, um, there are so many benefits to generosity that we could probably keep talking for another two hours around these benefits. But, um, maybe, maybe that's all it is, is just try to rethink it a little bit and don't be so hard on yourself. You're doing fine. I don't know, but thank y'all so much for joining this conversation and leading us in, Uh, digging deeper into generosity, Dana, I know you and I are going to have more future podcast episodes and conversations around generosity because we're kind of on a mission to expand what this means and kind of reframe the thinking of it. So I'm excited to get started. I think this was a great way to start. And thank you so much for your generosity of time and attention. I know y'all both prepared well for this. So y'all are very generous. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for for the opportunity. Thank you. The Life Plus God podcast is hosted, written, and produced by me, Alyssa Robinson, and sponsored by TREACH Memorial United Methodist Church in Flower Mound, Texas. If you live in the Flower Mound area, I invite you to stop by and see if TREACH could be your new church family. You can learn more about all of our programs and events at tmumc.org. And I hope to catch you next week for our next episode of the Life Plus God podcast.